What's up, guys? This is Ian Allen with the Share Light Podcast. I want to thank you for listening in to hear what God has laid on my heart to share with you today. So let's head on over and open up God's Word so that we can grow more in our faith today. Hello, everybody. I hope today finds you good. Um, sorry about this past week. I didn't able to get the podcast out just because it is officially the last week of school. So that means a lot of schoolwork and trying to get papers done and stuff like that. Um, but today I was going to do finish part three, but I feel like God's taken me in a different direction. And I really prayed about this and I was kind of like, okay, well, I got to finish part three of worry and anxiety. But I feel like God wanted to take me in this direction to talk about worship. And this morning, I, or well, not this morning, yesterday morning, I had like a great and amazing experience with God, um, completely alone and in my living room. And I just wanted to share a little bit about that today. Uh, so today's podcast is called like, What Would You Do? And Elevation Worship released a fire album. Like, I mean, it is so good. Uh, this past I think it was this past Friday, actually, or maybe the Friday before. I can't remember, but it's like so good, and it's called Graves in the Gardens. I definitely recommend you go check it out, listen to it. Um, it's just amazing. Like when they released Graves in the Gardens, the actual song, like months ago, I was like, "Dude, this is fire!" And then they released Testimony, and they'd sing a lot of it on their online worship experiences that I've been watching, and it's like so good. And I was just like, well, I can't wait for it to come out. Well, they didn't really release this song. It's titled, What Would You Do? And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I love this song. And yesterday it kind of like really hit home. Um, I'll read like a few of the lyrics to you. It's like, what would you do if you walked into the room? And like, I sit here and I'm amazed because I don't think like that. And so I was able to like, I was in my living room and I was doing homework, and I always love to play music while I do homework. I've heard people say that they like to play Beethoven, and like we, like, well, to me it's weird, but like soft, like piano, like stuff. If that's the way you rock when you do homework, good for you. But like for me, I cannot do that. I would fall asleep. So I like play worship and stuff, and it just puts me in a mood that's awesome. Well, yesterday I had to literally like sit my laptop down and fall to my knees before God because it was so powerful and I felt him and I felt his presence in the room like it was insane and so I wanted to elaborate on that today and we'll talk a little bit about it um so like what is worship I think and some of it's like people get so wrapped up in what worship is and that I think they have a miss like they don't view it the right way and so the songs we sing and the sermons we preach acts and services we do um, all of it is worship. There's worship is not just music. And I know like this podcast is off of a certain song. Um, but song is a, a type of worship, uh, worships, everything. It's not just like one specific thing. And so today I want us to really focus in on this thing and say, what would you do if he walked into the room? What would you do if Jesus just walked into the very room that you were in? And so from in Matthew 15, verses 1 and 2, it says, 
Then some of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they before they eat. And so, in case you don't know, like the Fer- Pharisees were like obsessed with like ceremonial cleanness. And like nothing, it had nothing to do with like physical cleanness, you know, but like their ceremonial, it was like, it states where the person was like eligible to worship, um, whether they were clean enough in a spiritual view. Um, but devout Jews uh, were basically into two categories. It was clean and unclean. And so like animals and foods and things uh, brought this like unclean and made it kind of like a con- contagious thing and it could like transfer to people uh, whether it was skin disease or a bodily like discharge or dead body pig or mouse so basically let's say like a mouse like touched a cup and then you drank it therefore you were unclean and because or somebody touched you that drank it you were unclean you were considered unclean and it kept going around like you know I just think of it like a game of tag but like you stay frozen, like freeze tag. Like you keep running around and you're the one that's it. Once you tag that person, they're frozen, you know, but they can keep, I mean, like, it's just like that. Uh, That's kind of how they viewed this unclean nature. And I'm not really going to elaborate much on like their, the ceremony of how they would wash, but it's like in depth, like you had to do, hold your fingers a certain way. Um, You had to make sure the water was run running off the wrist. Um, because that's like what made you unclean. Um, and like a strict Jew typically not only would do it before their meal, but between the courses. So like, could you imagine sitting at the dinner table, like you wash your hands and you're like, okay, got the new course is coming up, you know? And like, you got to go wash your hands again. Like it's, to me, it's just crazy because of the culture we live in. Um, unleashes. So you say you're not treating people right. Um, and we obsess over things. Uh, so in Matthew 15, verses 7 and 8, it says, You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. They worship me in vain. And so I want to like think about this as because, you know, we always have like WWJD, what would Jesus do? Um, I want to make it into uh, WWYD, what would you do? And that stands for what would you do if you walked into that very room that you're in? You know, and praising God, it's like far more than just a song and going to church. It's about your heart and how you live and how you go about your everyday life. And I think we get confused on worship. We get confused that it's a certain style or the environment, whether it's contemporary or really old school or the song selection like man (laughs) like everybody's different um you know because like some people like love worship they want more songs some people don't like like worship and it's like not for you because you just can't stand stand the thought of standing up and singing six songs and you want to sing two and get to the message and then one more in the invitation like When since, as Christians, should we let our worship preferences, like, interfere with what God's trying to do? Like, it's so, uh, like, and I'm not saying, like, 
downing you, but I did, I've done the same thing. I've been there. You know, I grew up in a very, uh, him oriented church at the beginning and I'm not dogging them, but like it was, there was times I'd sit there and I'm like, dude, can we not sing something more upbeat and contemporary? Like what is going on? Like their worship songs too. And it kind of like almost put me in a sense of burnout, but then I had to realize that worship isn't about the song choices. It's not about the environment you're in. And it's like the certain style doesn't necessarily matter. Um, but I like, like once again, I grew up Baptist and like we kind of sang a lot of hymns and more like recently they've really been doing a good mix, you know, and I don't see anything wrong with hymns. I don't think see anything wrong, wrong with raising hands or shouting or dancing or whatever, you name it, like the style, how people worship, it shouldn't matter because they're worshiping God. Now, if you let it get in the way and kind of like become a distraction, I can see an issue with it, but I wouldn't like let it, like if somebody truly feels like, like there's songs sometimes that I'm listening to and I'm like worshiping and like, I just got to like stand up. And like, if you're near me, I'm probably going to hit you with my arms because I'm swinging them wide and stuff. I don't know. There's just it's like a nice pump up sometimes in worship where you're just worshiping God and you feel his presence. And there's just sometimes I could probably dance like a Pentecostal. <laughs> but like it's just I think that everybody responds to worship in a different way. Um and I think a lot of people were like, "Well, that's wrong. They can't dance and I don't know. It's just it's not about that. And I think we've gotten to that point in America and as Christians. And we kind of are like, which is right? Both or neither? And and worship isn't about the style of the music. It's more about the condition of your heart. And the reason I say that is because, you know, sometimes we get so wrapped up in the style and like for me, I'm more of a contemporary guy, but man, there's sometimes that a hymn rocks in and I'm like, woo, like you just, you feel it. Okay. And there's places like worship doesn't have to take place in the physical location of the church. And like, I want to like share a little bit of an example about that. It's like, I have had the best, and I mean the best worship sessions in my living room and in my car like far more greater than any conference, than anything. And like, it's just like worshiping God. Like there's nothing. And like the advantage, there's like advantages of that. Because guess what? That doesn't mean you have to wait till Sunday at nine o'clock when your service starts to go worship. You can worship God 24 seven. And you should be doing that by the way you live our lives. But like on the topic of worship music, like I like literally will be driving down the road and like listen to songs and it just hits home. And like, I don't lift my hands and close my eyes, even though I really want to, cause I'll probably smack right into somebody. But like, dude, when I get home and I park the car, like I just close my hands and lift my arms up and like, just worship him. I'm in the car. It doesn't matter. I'm lifting my praises up to God and it's just so powerful. And so I wanted to like, and I want like, it doesn't matter where you're at. Because worship isn't about the style of music. And once again, it's about the condition of your heart. And I think Christianity is definitely not a hobby. And it's not an interest we should have. It's not a, 
you know, a part of our life because Christ is life. And if you're a Christian, you have him living in you. So worship isn't limited to the songs we sing. It's a life that we live. And so it's not limited to that. But I wanted to touch on that topic of the worship part about the music because I feel like so many people get caught up in that. That it's like, dude, what is the more important thing here? Is it the songs we sing or is it the style? Like, dude, if it is touching somebody, then God's moving in that. I don't know. It just you're gonna get me fired up and I could talk about this all day, but we gotta keep going. So how do we express our worship? Sometimes we bow in reverence, like it says in the psalmist says in chapter 95. Come, let us bow down in worship and let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. So we kneel in reverent submission as God, you are holy. You are so holy. And one day that every knee will bow. And that is a powerful statement. Um, Sometimes we lift our hands in adoration. It's not a weird thing. It's actually a Bible thing. Paul lift his holy, lifted his holy hands to God in Psalms uh, chapter, yeah, chapter 63. In verse 4, he said, I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. And like that's David in the wilderness. And so it's a sign of like surrender and like, God, you have the victory. And I've grown up in churches like I've been to churches growing up that if you were to raise your hand, you would be looked at and like judged. Like, I don't know why we are getting this so messed up that like, if somebody's to raise their hands, like you all of a sudden think like, Oh, they're raising their hand. You see that guy raising his hand. Like, it's not about that. Like lifting your hands in worship is a sign of surrender and victory. And growing up, like, in churches that I felt like I was going to be judged for raising my hand, like, because I was young and I cared what people thought about me, but now I'm, like, older and I'm more mature, I'm spiritually mature, and I'm still working on some things, but, like, it's like, I don't care who sees me raise my hands. Like, it's not about a show for other people. It's not about me talking to other people. And if I'm sitting there and it's in a church and we're all sitting down and I'm in the front row, I'm going to stand up and lift my hands if I can't do anything else but to worship God and show him surrender and give him the and like surrender everything and say, you have overcome everything. And I just have to stand up and worship him. I'm going to do it because I don't care what people think. And I think as Christians, we care way too much about what people think, especially in churches. Like, who, man, I, y'all, this podcast is about to be super long because I'm, God is just working something up in me. So we, but we got to keep going. But seriously, like lifting your hands, it's not weird. Like the Bible did it. Paul in the Bible, people did it. Paul did it. Did, sorry, <laughs> Paul did it. And like, I don't know, like this verse, man, like I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I lift up my hands. Like there's some songs that, dude, there's one current, like chorus. And like, it just keeps singing and you can't help. I mean, there's no other words to it. It's just, you got to raise your hand because it's like Jesus. Like, oh, there's so many songs. Like when I hear the name Jesus in a worship song, I cannot help 
but lift my hands because that's how powerful that name is. But anyways, and maybe sometimes we dance in celebration. And it says in Psalms 149 that let them praise his name with dancing. And so I always am like, like some people are like, oh, well, these, uh, that, that worship group, they have an interpreter, interpret like dancing. And I'm like, yeah, like to me, it's like not what I'm used to. And people want to say, well, that's weird. Well, what do you think people think about other kinds of styles and the way they worship? Like if it, like what I talked about earlier, if it gets to the point where it's distracting, then we're taken away from what God's trying to do. But if you can't, like there, there are sometimes in worship that I feel like I could run through a wall because I'm so filled up and like God is moving in that room. So don't ever like, judge people for what they're doing during their worship. And David said, you turned my weeping into dancing. So right here, I have no idea who I'm talking to you, talking to today, but someone has been set free and they've been healed and they've been forgiven. And you, as David has said, you're weeping. God turned your weeping into dancing. And so you're just so fired up. Like, there's times that I've struggled with things and like I've been like so torn up about it, but like I see God in it and like it just makes you want to jump up and scream and shout. And it's just really awesome. And then sometimes we worship with a sacrifice of praise that comes from Hebrews chapter 13. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. We worship him when we feel him. We worship we work worship him when we don't we worship when we're joyful and when we're low our worship isn't based on our circumstances it's it's his character so god's always there and so we always need to worship him but like i feel like sometimes we get so caught up and we get into deep parts of our life and we're like okay god i need you and you turn on worship music dude you should be listening to good stuff and pouring into yourself every day like, it's not like just when you get low, be like, oh, God, I got to pray to you. I got to worship you now. Because if I worship you now, then maybe you'll give me a, a miracle. If you would quit doing that, like, seriously, if I'm talking to somebody and you're sitting here and you're like, oh, I'm in the highs uh, right now. You know, I'm doing awesome. Like, God, you're cool and you're great. And you're kind of there on my backpack when I kind of need you. But like, I'm just going to wait for you when I need you. Like, quit doing that. And as Christians, we've gotten to a bad, bad habit of doing that. We have to understand, okay, we have to understand that God is the same in all circumstances. And it doesn't matter what you're in. If you're in a high or if you're in a low, you worship him the exact same day or the exact same way every single day. And daily, we need to lay our debt lay down our lives as an act of worship. And in Romans chapter 12, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brother and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Once again, worship isn't just a song we sing. It's a life that we live. And so maybe you're sitting here and you're like, you feel, and you feel guilty about this. Well, 
I'm glad because that means God's speaking to you. If you're so caught up into worrying about what songs we sing in church, how somebody raises their hands, so what if somebody needs to get down on their knees and turn around in that pew and weep before God because they're so they need to praise him and that's the way they praise him let them do it and don't look down on them because they're praising their God there's been so many times that I have let people's opinions and what I what I think people are going to think of me get in the way of me worshiping God and it's not worth it because ultimately, God is far more greater than anything we could ever imagine, and He pro- has provided the life that we live. So why would we not live it out every day for Him by praising Him through our actions and through our words and through our thoughts and through our friendships and through the people we surround? It's so important. And so, like, I want to like talk about this one final thing as we close, is who is God? Who is this God that we're supposed to worship all the time? God is our rock. God is our redeemer. Our righteousness. God is our deliverer, our defense, our strength, our shield, and our salvation. He's the bread of life, the living water. He's the good shepherd, the true vine, the way, the truth, and the life. He's the light of the world, the Lamb of God, and the Lion of Judah. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, and He is the Alpha, Omega, and the beginning and the end. That's my God. That's the God that we're supposed to live our life and worship to. And like all those things, you tell me one person that you could name or one thing that you could name that could feel all of those. Nobody. Nobody's all-powerful. Nobody's all-knowing. And I just, I can't help but think that if the God we serve, there are all those things, why can't we lay our lives down and worship Him in that way? And so I want to close with a look with scripture from First Chronicles. It comes from chapter 16, and we'll start in verse 25. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting, and all the people shouted, Amen, and praised the Lord. That is powerful right there. And so, to close this podcast, I want us to 
view our lives as worship. When, by the way we talk to people, by the way we interact with people, by the way we live our lives, by the choices we make, everything needs to be in worship to God because He is the reason we're living. And so I hope this finds encouragement to you. And I think it's a touchy, t- you know, subject because some people get really, really like antsy about worship. When in reality, it doesn't matter the style. It doesn't matter really <laughs> what you do, whether you lift your hands or you have your hands in your pocket or you're face down on the ground before God or if you're just standing up singing the song. It doesn't matter how you worship, but worship him because he's worthy of it. And so I'm going to attach this song called What Would You Do um, by Elevation Worship. And man, yo, this boy that sings this song, Isaiah Templeton, he has one heck of a voice and he is so good. And I'm going to just read a few of the lyrics at the end that got me to my knees in my living room. And it's, what would you do if you walked into the room? He's here right now. He's here right now. The king is in the room. Your healers in the room. Your saviors in the room. Your providers in the room. Your redeemers in the room. You, your champions in the room. And he's, he's in this room. So what will you do? Jesus Christ, the king above all kings. What would you do if he walked into the room? What would you do if he walked into the room? What would you say if he walked into the room? you say if you walked into the 
Hee <laughs> 